0: Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This was a sermon preached on Easter Sunday, April 12th of 2020, and it is entitled, Empty on Easter. There's a two-fold meaning there as we had an empty auditorium due to COVID. But, of course, you are welcome to come and visit us. We're at 310 Randolph Road, right here in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Como. You can come, of course, Sunday schools at 9.30, and regular services are at 11 a.m. every Sunday. And now, here is Pastor Philip Coons with Empty on Easter. Turn with me, if you will, to First Peter. First, First Peter, Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And while you do that, while you do that, as you turn to first peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 5 as we're about to read that i'm going to go to the lord in prayer and i'm going to thank him for this day what it represents Dear precious heavenly father thank you so very much for this day thank you lord god for this true holiday a holiday the word itself means a holy day lord god you know that and this truly is that a holy day the holiest of days the day in which You rose, Lord God, from the grave itself. Lord God, we thank you so much that you came, lived, died, and live again. Lord God, we thank you so much for this day that we can remember what you have done for us. Remember that you live and live in us, those that have asked you to. Lord God, we praise your holy name. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord Jesus, we praise your holy name now. We pray that you will bless this sermon, that you will bless each and every person that is with us now, that you will bless your scriptures, that you will bless this day, and you will bless each and every one of us in your holy and precious name, Lord God. And we love you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, as we turn to First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, we always like to stand to honor the reading of this word. and if you would stand with me to do so, that'd be wonderful. If not, that's okay, but we'd like to do that here. So let's please stand on the reading of his word. First Peter chapter one, verse three through five. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance that does not fade away. Kept in heaven for you. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Praise the Lord. God, please honor the reading of your word. You may be seated. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That it thought about the Easter bunny. Nothing wrong with that. I always loved the Easter bunny. Love the eggs. I love the Easter bunny and I love the eggs and all of that. And I loved getting dressed up. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't love getting dressed up as a little child. I didn't love putting on the ties and all that. But but as a kid I only had clip on ties, things like that. But the fact is that was okay. I loved coming to the church. I loved the way it felt on Easter. I love that. There's always a lot of people in the church. Every Year coming to Easter is filled with people. It is filled with people. There are more people at church on Easter than any other time of the year, but not this year. This year it's a lot different. There's not people in your church like there usually is, and that's not anyone's fault. We know the situation. It's not going to be like that this year. The church is never empty on Easter, but this year it is. It's different, isn't it? It sure is. It's empty on Easter this year. It's empty on Easter. And that's the title of today's sermon. Empty on Easter. Empty on Easter. Now, you might say, well, that's a depressing title to have for an Easter sermon, empty on Easter. Well, it might sound that way, but really it's not, and you'll see why. It's not that depressing, empty on Easter. It is, it is sad for me to look around and see a church to be empty already. But not really, because you're with me and you are with me. But that being said, even though it's empty on Easter, in a way, as a child, it was always gonna be empty on Easter when I woke up because I remember waking up as a child. I woke up, and receive an Easter basket. I always loved receiving Easter baskets. Loved it, receiving it, and I would receive a basket of eggs. I always loved it, and lots of candy too. And uh, I, I remember I loved to get a great big bunny I love the chocolate bunnies and things. And there would be lots of eggs in there. But the thing i loved love to do was empty my basket. That would be the first thing I'd do. Even the grass. You may always remember the grass, the, 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 the fake grass, you know. And I would always empty it and re- empty the entire basket, every bit of it. And I would open up all the eggs and see what was in it. And then later on, I'd, I'd fill the basket back up. One by one, I would get all the surprises from the egg thing. And one by one, filling them back up throughout the week, I would empty it. And eat all the goodies and all the good things I would get, knowing what was there. And that's the way Easter was for me as a kid. The great thing is, is as i grown up, things have changed, but not really. Because I know the surprises God has had for me. I know what he has for me. And even though I emptied my basket, even though I emptied the surprises that God has for me, it's filled again in that basket, knowing what I have coming to me, joy and peace. And we'll get back to that here in a minute. Certain things have to be emptied on Easter. And right now, the church seems to be empty. If you look around in a physical sense, it seems to be empty on Easter, but we know it's truly not. We know we're together on Easter. There are certain things that are always empty on Easter, always going to be that way, empty on Easter. So let's take a look at the things that are empty on Easter, always. You always have an empty cross on Easter. It has to be that way. You have to have an empty cross on Easter. If the cross was not empty on Easter, we would not have had Easter in the first place. Now, as I said earlier, some people don't like to call it Easter, and there's lots of reasons for that. And We want to get into all that. They call it Resurrection Day, which is what it is. Easter is a Resurrection Day, but I don't mind calling it Easter. It doesn't bother me. I understand why, but it is Easter. It is Resurrection Day. Empty cross. You have to have an empty cross. You have to have that. Let's take a look at the cross for just a second. What it means. We had Good Friday a couple days ago. I don't know what you like to do on Good Friday. I personally love Good Friday. I always watch a lot of good biblical movies. I read the word. Sometimes I I go through different ceremonies and things, and I love to do that with friends and other things. This year is a little bit different. But I still watch my movies and, and, and had a good time with that. But what happened on the cross? Well, we know. We know what happened on the cross. We already know that. There were nine hours on that cross. Nine hours Jesus was on that cross. Can you imagine the pain that he must have felt on that cross? Can you imagine being on that cross for nine hours, having the nails going through your hands and your feet and all the the crown on his head, all the blood that he shed on that cross? He was emptied on that cross himself. All the blood that was emptied on that cross. He himself was emptied on that cross. He was, absolutely. He was emptied out for you and for me on that cross. We know what he said. He said, it is finished. This is a proof that he was emptied out for you and for me on that cross. We know that he died about 3 p.m. and was taken down and wrapped and buried by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Now, why did they take him down around that time? Well, first of all, he died about that time. They had to go get permission to do so from Pontius Pilate, Joseph did. And as they got the permission to do so, they wrapped him in the, in the cloth that they had to. They placed him in the tomb, in the empty borrowed tomb. Joseph of Arimathea had this family tomb, which is very giving of him, and he gave this tomb, to Jesus. And as he did so, by the way, they had to do it secretively in a sense. And by that I, I don't mean that they did it in secret, but I mean in the sense that he didn't get to have all the honor that most people get to have uh, in burial. They didn't get to do that. They didn't get to do that at all. But he had to have an empty, an empty burial. Usually there was a lot of celebration, celebration in burial at that time. He didn't get to do that. He didn't get to have any honor in his burial. But he was wrapped by Joseph, Arimathea, and Nicodemus, and was buried. And we saw that he was wrapped and buried. And we see this in Acts 3, 14 and 15. It says this in Acts 3, 14 and 15. It says, you denied the holy and righteous one. This is what Peter, by the way, says. We see this at the time of Pentecost. He says, to the people of Israel. says, you denied the holy and righteous one and ask for a murder to be granted to you. And you killed the creator of life, whom God has raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. They saw this. So we see that Jesus did die. We know he died on the cross. But we know that that cross was empty on Easter. We know that, praise the Lord God. So what else do we have that's empty on Easter? Of course, the reason why we have Easter itself, we have an empty Always is empty on Easter, an empty tomb. Let's now look to Luke chapter 24, 6 through 7. He had followers who loved him, disciples, incidentally. And when I say disciples in this case, I'm not talking about the apostles, I'm talking about actual followers, believers. I'm talking about those wonderful women who loved him and came to honor his burial. They couldn't be there for a while because obviously there was the uh, wonderful, religious holidays that they'd had and they could not uh, be there on those days. They had to be inside at those times. So they came on this day and they they couldn't believe when they got there, he was not there. Let's see what it says. It says, he is not here, the angel said to them, he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying the son of man, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Now, you can find this not just in Luke. It's also in Matthew chapter 28 and Mark chapter 16. It's confirmed over and over again. The angels were there for these women who came to see him. who came to honor his burial and to make sure that they put uh, different types of uh, things upon him. But that being said, we see that his tomb was empty on Easter. So then we see the other people came to his tomb and they saw it too was empty. His followers, his disciples, and yes, apostles came to see it as well. We see in John chapter 20 that both John and Peter went to his tomb after the women came and told them what had occurred, what had happened. They came and saw that the tomb was empty. Now I'm going to come back to John and Peter in a minute. Uh, I'm going to read this to you for, for just a second. And then we'll come back and talk about them specifically here in just a few minutes. But let me let me read what happened to them. In John chapter 20, verses 8 and 9, it says this. Then the other disciple, by the way, that's John. That's John. It says, then the other disciple who came first to the tomb went in also. He saw and believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. And we saw that. We saw that. John and Peter went to the tomb, and they saw that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because we see that when they went there at first, we see that one of them believed right away, and that was John. The moment he saw that Jesus wasn't there, he saw and believed. We'll get to that here in a moment. Let me go ahead and read you also Luke 24 33 through 34. Well, we see that the tomb was empty. Let's see what it says. Luke 24, 33 through 34. They rose up and returned to Jerusalem at once, and they found the eleven and those who were with them assembled together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. That's Cephas. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Okay. Now, so we see that there was an empty tomb. An empty tomb. There's an empty tomb, and they knew that Jesus Christ had risen had risen on Easter morning. So we now know that there is an empty cross on Easter and an empty tomb on Easter. We already know these things, Pastor. Okay, I know that you know those things. So what is the other thing that is empty on Easter that we're going to talk about? And that is an empty heart. An empty heart on Easter. There is always an empty heart on Easter morning. This may not make much sense to you at the moment, that there is to be an empty heart on Easter. But there is. There's always an empty heart on Easter morning. And this is what I mean by that. When we come to church, whether it be filled with people physically or whether it not, there's always going to be an empty heart. Or at least there always should be. Because we have a choice to make in life. This is why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. This is why Jesus Christ arose from the grave, because he needs us to have an empty heart. Well, this may not make sense in the beginning when you first hear that. Wait a minute, isn't Jesus Christ supposed to come in and wash us of our sins? Isn't he supposed to come and live in our hearts? Isn't he supposed to come in? That's right, he is. But first, we have to have an empty heart. So how, do, how does that work? Well, let's take a look at our hearts for just a second. Now, of course, I'm talking about our, our uh, spiritual hearts here, of course. We have to have an empty heart. Because when we first come to hear about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have a heart that's filled. And what's it filled with? It's filled with sorrow. It's filled with fear. It's filled with pain and sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans chapter three, verse 23. We know this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us are bound for hell. Every single one of us are bound for hell unless we make a choice, a certain decision, the decision. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Well, everyone has heard this. No one needs to hear it again. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody needs to hear the word of God. Everyone, even those who've already heard it. Everyone needs to hear it. We need to be reminded of it absolutely need to be reminded of just how blessed how blessed we truly are we need to be reminded everyone's been to a doctor too it doesn't mean we don't need to go to see a doctor again god is the great physician he's taking care of us and i'm not talking about being saved again but i'm talking about we need to be reminded that we've been saved we need to be reminded that we've been saved and how much he's done for us but yes We've been filled with sorrow and fear. And you'd be surprised at how many people who don't know the Lord God, just because they know about him, doesn't mean they know him personally. I recently have been looking into folks who've talked to me and told me they know of God, but they don't know him. Now, they never said it in those words, but they told me they believe in God. And then they tell me because they believe in God, they are going to heaven. Well, just because you believe in God doesn't mean that you know him personally as your personal Lord and Savior. But if you have never taken the chance, listen to me now, if you've never taken the time to pray to him, to ask him to save you of your sins, I have bad news for you. You are bound for hell. If you have never taken the time to ask Jesus Christ to save you from all that you have done wrong as a child, as a man or a woman, if you have never taken the time to pray the prayer of salvation, you're bound for hell. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, but God loves me. Yes, he loves you. He loves you enough that he came and died on the cross. He loves you enough that he rose from the dead. He loves you enough that he's calling out to you now. You need to ask Jesus in your heart. Don't you know? That's how much he loves you. But he loves me enough that he doesn't want me to change. No, that's not true. He loves you enough that he will save you just how you are. Just how you are. He loves you that much. That's how much Jesus loves you. But here's the thing. For those of you who've already asked Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, listen to me now. For those of you who've already asked Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this doesn't make you perfect. Of course, he loves you even though you're imperfect, but he wants you to get things fixed in your life. He wants to call out to you now, listen to me. I understand every day there's a battle in our lives. We know that he's talking to you, too. He's wanting to tell you that we don't have to fall to the ways of the flesh. We don't have to do that. He wants to empty us out. He wants to empty us out right now. We don't have to keep going back to those things. We can be emptied out right now. We don't have to go back to those things. We can be emptied on Easter. We can stay empty every single day by going back to the spirit of the Lord God, the Holy Spirit. We don't have to continue to go back to that horrible feeling. I mentioned a while ago as a little boy, I'd empty out my basket on Easter. I mentioned that, and I'd put the things back in the basket, and I'd hang on to it. Now, there's two ways of looking at that. If I was only putting the gifts back in there and looking at those gifts like God gives me, then that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But that's not all I did. I'll be honest with you. It's it's, it's embarrassing now. I didn't just look at the gifts that I got. I would put the wrappers. The, the, the nasty little wrappers after I, because I, I was, I was a, I was a garbage heap. I would take the, the nasty little wrappers and put it back. I'd put the grass back. I put everything back. I put the trash back in the basket and I'd hang on to the trash. And that's what people do all the time. God wants to give us great, wonderful things, but instead we hang on to all the garbage and we don't have to do that. God has something wonderful for us. We need to empty it all out right now. Empty it out today. Be empty on Easter of all of all of that and take on the good, wonderful gifts that God has for us. That is what we are to do. That's what we are to do. We are to be filled with Christ. Empty out the sorrow. Empty out the fear and the pain and the sin. Empty out the eternal spiritual death. And when you do this, there's something else you'll be emptied from. Listen now. When I was a little boy and I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll be truthful about just how terrified I was. I was so scared that God hated me and He didn't. He loved me so much, He allowed me to hear, allowed me to hear the calling upon my life. He allowed me to hear that God was calling, saying, Come unto me, come unto me. I'll be praying, I'll be preaching something about that not too long from now. But here's the thing I not only heard the Lord call to me, the Lord emptied out. The sorrow emptied out the pain, the fear, because that's what I had. He emptied out my sin. He emptied out that spiritual death. He emptied out the future that I would have had. Because had I died unsaved, I would have gone to hell. I would have gone to hell. A lot of people, when they hear about the death, they think about, well, wait a minute, we all still die. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about spiritual death now. Talking about spiritual. Physically, we're all going to die. But we're talking about spiritual death in this situation. We, that, that means going into hell. When you have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, asking him to save you, you won't go to hell. That's what we need to remember. That's what we need to recall. Jesus Christ wants to empty out your heart today of all of those horrible things and fill it with something else. Fill it with Christ today. Take out the eternal spiritual death and fill it with Christ, with everlasting joy, with hope, with grace, with love, with salvation. Yes, with life, everlasting life, never ending life. It will go on forever. It'll never end, ever. Fill it with peace, with peace. The moment I became a Christian, I had peace. I was never afraid ever again. Now, I'm not saying I don't have fears. I'm not talking about that. I'm not some daredevil. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what's going to happen when I leave this world. I have literally faced death on many occasions, even in this last year. But I'm going to tell you this, and I didn't want to leave this world at that time until God calls me. But I'm going to tell you this, with the very thought that I was going to leave this world, I know, I know, I know Christ told me himself. I know where I'm going to go. Even when the enemy is tried to tell me differently, I know where I'm going to go. Because Christ lives within me. He has emptied my heart of all those horrible things of death and sin. He's emptied what I have earned. He's emptied my heart of what I have earned, of the trash I have earned, and he's given me what he has earned for me on the cross and in the grave and has given me a heart full of joy, of hope, of love. He's given me a heart full of joy because I know I have everlasting life waiting for me. I have it now, but I have it waiting for me on the other side of things. I'm going to have it forever. I have peace because I know that the Lord God is waiting for me in heaven. I have it, and you can have it too. So we are no longer going to worry about what's going to happen because we can be emptied, emptied of those things and filled with something else, filled with those things, the promises of God. So are we going to be empty on Easter? yes. Emptied of those things and filled with something else. That's what we're going to have. That's what we're going to have. Empty on Easter. Absolutely. And filled with something else. Absolutely. You've been promised by your Lord and Savior. That's what we've been promised. Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Absolutely. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans eight eleven says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the, uh, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. We need to continue to be filled with joy, to be continued to be filled with peace, never to be afraid again. Be filled with those things. Be emptied on Easter and every day of the year, emptied of the things and the lies of sin. We don't have to worry about it ever again. Now, a while ago, I mentioned some of the disciples. I mentioned those apostles. I mentioned John. I mentioned Peter. Let me explain a few things. I mentioned how they returned to Jerusalem, uh, a couple of people, different disciples had, and they went to the other apostles, and they saw that uh, they had appeared to Simon, it says, and this was in Luke 24, 33-34, it said that they had appeared to Simon. So we see that Jesus had appeared to Simon before he went back to the other disciples. We have proof that Jesus had appeared to Simon. He didn't necessarily uh, know for a fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. He saw that he was no longer in the tomb. But now we see that Simon himself had to have Jesus appear to him. How do we know that it was Simon Peter, though? Because there's more than one Simon. Well, we know it is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says that it was Cephas who got to see Jesus. So Cephas is another name for Peter, the rock. So we know that one of those times before Peter went back to the disciples, uh, after being at the tomb, that Jesus appeared to Peter. So he got to have proof, if you will. He got to have proof. We know that he raised from the dead. We know that, and we know that Peter got to see it. So, therefore, John, he saw the empty tomb on Easter. He saw the empty tomb and believed. We see that Peter saw Christ and believed. And then, of course, there's Thomas, who's forever been stuck with the nickname Doubting Thomas because he said that he had to not only see Christ but had to see Jesus Christ and touch him to believe. So John himself had to see the empty tomb to believe. Peter had to see Christ to believe. And Thomas had to see and touch Christ to believe. He not only had to touch the hands of Christ, I mean, he had to touch inside the womb. And he wanted to touch the side of his side to believe. And he did that. But while doing that, this is what Jesus said to him. He said, now that you've seen and touched me, you believe. But blessed, this is in John chapter 20, verse 29. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And so I say this to you today. Blessed are you who have not seen the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and yet you believe in your heart. You know, you know that in your heart, your heart is empty of the doubt. Your heart is emptied, emptied of the doubt because you believe and is filled with faith. Blessed are you because you believe. You are empty on Easter of the doubt. You're emptied of the death. You're emptied of that sin. And you are filled with salvation today because you believe. This is what happened to those believers, to those apostles who went around for the rest of their lives. In Acts 4.33, with great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them. The Lord Jesus Christ not only was around for 40 days, the Lord Jesus Christ will come again for us. The Bible tells us that he will come again, but here's the other thing about being empty on Easter that we need to know about for those who do not believe your name is written in a book for those who do not believe in Jesus, your name is written in a book of all the sins that have been committed. This is not a joyful thing. It's a horrible thing, but for all those who believe your name is in another book called the Lamb's book of life. Now, I know that this is sometimes kind of terrifying because for some people, They think that all of our sins are written down in a book and it'll be looked at and it will be. But when you get saved, your name is emptied out of that book. Your name is emptied out of that book of all the sins that you've ever committed because Christ has erased it. And your name is emptied from that book. But your name has then been added to the land's book of life. And you won't have to worry about that other book ever again. You have been saved. You've been saved. And so that fear can be emptied today you can be with Christ today. Praise the Lord God, you can be with him today. As Easter morning came around, as Easter morning came around, the cross was empty. The tomb was empty. And today, your sorrow, your fear, your pain, your sin, your eternal spiritual death can be emptied today. But you can be filled today with Christ. With everlasting joy, with everlasting hope, with everlasting grace, with everlasting gift of salvation and life and peace. Today, be emptied with those horrible things of sin, horrible, horrible things that we put on ourselves, and be filled with the wonderful gifts of Christ on this day. On this day, have a wonderful, wonderful, empty Easter of death and sin, and a wonderful, filled Easter of la- the life of Christ. That's what the Lord God wanted to give us, and so he did. It says this in Second Corinthians 5:17: Therefore, if any man is in Christ. He is a new creature and old things have passed away. And look, all things have become new. You no longer have to be empty, but filled with Christ. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, as we come into you today, Lord God, we thank you so much for emptying us out. Empty us of the things that we have deserved and that we have earned ourselves that you filled us up, Lord God, with joy. That you filled us, Lord, with, with the happiness, Lord God, that, that we don't even deserve ourselves. And Lord God, we, we pray right now, if there be anyone today, anyone at all that hears this, and even those, Lord God, who are not, that do not know you today, I pray, Lord God, that you send the Holy Spirit and send people within their lives, Lord God, that that will let them to understand that they need you, Lord God, and they do. I pray, Lord God, that they will find your word and come to know you, Lord God, find you today. Hear you calling to them, Lord Jesus, that they will come to be your child today. Lord God, you love them more than they could even possibly imagine. Lord, I pray that they will feel your love this day and that they will be yours. And I pray that they will feel your love forevermore. Jesus, holy and precious, glorious name I pray. Amen.